and welcome to Reliving My Youth. My name is Noel Fogelman. It's a bonus episode this week. I had the pleasure of chatting with actress Nancy Vallon, probably best remembered for her portrayal as Captain Samantha Thomas on Baywatch. Stay by the Bell fans will know her as Nurse Jennifer, probably the most memorable guest starring role on that show's history. First time I saw her was in The Heavenly Kid, extremely underrated 80s movie. If you haven't seen it, go check it out. She talks about how she got involved in acting, what she's been doing since her break from acting. She's trying to get back into it now. She had a guest starring role on 911 recently. She talks about the passing of Luke Perry, the two are friends. And I hope you enjoy my conversation with Nancy. And helping me relive my youth today is Nancy Valen. Nancy, how are you today? I'm well. That sounds wonderful. We all want to relive our youth, right, I think? Oh, totally. You know, (laughs) age is just a number. It's, you know, how you feel, you know, at the moment. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that's what they say. I I try to, um, you know, I I try to definitely keep that mindset, you know, for sure. Um, Yeah. Yes, totally, totally. So, uh, what what do you what have you been up to these days now? My gosh, well, um, first of all, good to be here. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate oh, that. Of course. Um, yeah, just living, you know, in in California, where I've been for years now, and um, got an online business with nutrition, partnered with a, an amazing um, nutrition company, and I also started acting again. Kind of, I started missing it and. Um, so I started acting again a few months ago. Yeah, I saw uh, that you were on uh, the Fox Show 911 on a, on a guest starring spot. Uh, so, like, what what drew you back to acting? I just missed it. Um, I just really missed the work, you know, really not attached to the outcome of it. But I'm in an amazing class that I just love. And, you know, we work daily. And um, I just miss the creative process of it. I just miss it. Right. So uh, way back when, how did you first get involved in acting? Gosh, um, how did I first get involved in acting? Um, You know, my uncle was a model in New York, and um, I met his agents, and, you know, I was going to sign with them, but they wanted me to move to New York, and but I did a little bit of work over a summer, and then I I thought that it was acting. I said to my mom, you know, I was a kid, I was like 10, and I said, well, you know, am I going to get to talk now? And she said, oh, no, that's acting. That You're, hmm. you're not doing that. Right. I was like, oh, well, I, I would like to do that. And um, she put me into a class. So I used, to, I used to go to New York during the summers because my grandfather owned a hotel there on the Upper West Side, and um, we used to stay with them for the summer. And as a kid being in the city, um, you know, in New York, there's not, I don't know, it, it, it got kind of a little bit, boring for me, like really hot. And, um, and my mom's like, you know what, you should, you should go into this acting class. You said you wanted to, to act. And um, I think at the time I was taking like singing lessons and um, I, I had my modeling agent and they sent me up on a commercial where I had lines and I, I didn't quite know what to do. And she said, Oh, you said you wanted to act and you know, they're going to be sending you up on commercials. So maybe we should get you into an acting class. And the first acting class I went into was at um, Uta Hagen's HB Studios Okay. In New York, and um, you know, I have no idea how amazing that place was, but it really was. And uh, what I found, you know, even you know, um, I think I was like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, like still a teenager when I first started there. I just found that I felt more comfortable um, 
on stage than I did in my real life. I was shy until I got to know people. And for me, I actually felt the most comfortable there, you know. Um, So it made me just want to do that more. And then I started, um, I got with, uh, I went to a performing arts high school in South Florida, you know, where we lived. Right. And I started um, auditioning for things there and, and ended up getting cast in some stuff when I was down there. What was what was like your first role that you were cast for? Um, I think that I did uh, commercials first, maybe a couple of commercials. And then there was a movie that came into town. Um, and I was cast as a dancer um, in a couple of things. And then there was a, a movie that came into town um, where the boys are. And okay. I had like a couple of lines and, um, and I needed to go get my SAG card for that. And I did. And they ended up canceling the shoot before I even ever did it, but I got my SAG card. So my mom was really smart saying, okay, let's get our SAG card right away. If we would have waited just even, you know, a week more, I wouldn't have been able to get the card because they canceled the part. Oh, so, yeah, you, you got real lucky there then. <laughs> I did, yeah. yeah. And I'm glad that I didn't do it because it was kind of a little bit risque. Right. And we even wondered, like, should I even be saying those words? Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, like, how, how how important is it, like, you know, for, like, films to come, you know, to, like, say, Florida or on location for, like, someone who doesn't live in Hollywood to actually get cast for those roles? Yeah, you know, I have I, never produced film. I'm not on that side um, right. of it. But I do know that they do say, you know, that they want a production to have a certain amount of jobs that were local. So it okay. definitely gave me an advantage, you know. And South Florida at the time, Miami Vice just started. I, you know, I did a couple of guest spots on that show. Right. Um, and, you know, I know for that show, they did consider people, you know, in New York um, and, uh, and other and then in California as well. Um, but I think that the local hire definitely has an advantage. With that said, I had a bunch of friends also that, that I was in acting class with, and they would go up on stuff and they wouldn't get it. So it was still competitive, but you definitely right. have an edge. And when people ask me, you know, what's my advice, I always say, you know, stay in your local community first and get some credits under your belt there because you definitely have an advantage, you know, before coming out. But I do know that, yeah, I think that they have to – I think any production, they maybe get – potential tax breaks. I just know it's definitely cheaper for them if they hire locally. Right. And for the airfare and the hotel and all that and the per diem. Right. So the the first thing I saw you in was the Heavenly Kid. Uh, Was that also like kind of like a local hire? Yes, uh, for sure. Um, I I remember going in there for that and, you know, Every all the work that I was doing in in um, I went to like a year of community college and the work that we were doing in the theater department, you know those those teachers who you know I'll just always remember never forget. Um, Mildred Mulligan, a shout out to and Joseph Capella, those two teachers were amazing and they really, you know, gave us that pride and the work ethic. You know, they instilled that you know in us. We just had um, we were so immersed in our theater department that that felt like the most important thing in the world. So I think because of that, when I would go on auditions, I wouldn't get that nervous because I would think, well, this is just a movie and what I'm doing in the theater department is really important, you know? So I think that that perception helps me. Um, But yeah, I I do remember going in on that. I think 
I always thought I could get everywhere really quickly. And, you know, you find out you can't or you get a speeding ticket. Um, and I think I just kind of flew in there, you know, like right at the split second. Um, and I remember him saying to me, you don't seem nervous. Um, and I think it was because of that, like what I said. So I don't actually remember reading for the part, though. I do remember that it was, you know, more the girl next door, you know, right. the same thing, which I, that was just, you know, great fun to do. Right, yeah, and it's funny. I had uh, Mark uh, Mark Metcalf on a couple months ago, who played uh, "quote unquote" Jason Garrett's uh, father, father in law, yeah. whatever. Uh, and he told me a great story how you know Jason was kind of down in the dumps because he wasn't famous yet. You know, he kept seeing the Brat Pack and everything like that. So uh, Mark kind of whipped him into shape and he took him out drinking that night and got got him completely drunk, and he was kind of hung over the next day for shooting. <laughs> Ah, that I did not know. That's interesting. Yeah, I saw Jason as this, you know, and he had had a lot of credits under his belt at that point, you know, like, you know, this established, you know, guy in, in Hollywood. And um, he was so helpful to me during the shoot because I didn't know what the heck I was doing. It was my right. first job. You know, I was just really didn't know. Um, I was just grateful to be there. So I remember, though, I think he was going through a bad time. Maybe he was just BSing. I have no idea. But I think he had had some friends, a friend that committed suicide or something. Right. Um, and then a couple of other guys that were on the film, I just remember them saying, like, oh, it's so amazing, you know, I got a movie. Like, yeah. And I just looked at them. I was so naive. I, I just looked at them like, wait, is that hard to do? Like, do <laughs> you know, like, I just thought, well, when you're in L.A. and you're a working actor, you just keep working. And, you know, I saw them all as being really established. But, you know, it, right. it's, always, it's always an amazing gift when you get a job. I certainly felt grateful, but I saw them as, like, already being so established because they were in L.A. Yeah, and, and there were some like established actors, you know, in that movie. You know, Richard Mulligan, of oh, course, yeah. uh, you know, Louis Smith, you know, Mark Metcalf, we mentioned, you know, Jane Kazmarek. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, was there anyone like you were kind of drawn to on, on that cast? You know, all of my scenes were mostly with um, Jason. with Jason. Yeah. Um, I just remember everyone being really nice. Louis Smith was so sweet. Right. Um, you know, Richard Mulligan. I just remember talking more to his wife. Um, I remember Jane Kaczmarek just being really sweet, but everyone was just so nice. And, um, yeah, I just I had most of my scenes with Jason. And then I did um, become friends with Stephen, and I forget his last name now. Oh, He's Stephen Gregory? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and when I came out to, to L.A., I remember he kind of gave me a tour of, of L.A., and um, he was always really sweet. So we, we totally bonded, and I really, really liked him a lot, connected yeah. with him. And Bo Treyman. I mean, everyone was really great. Right. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, because I, I feel that movie, I love that movie. Kind of like, you know, kind of like under the radar for like all those 80s movies. Yeah, you know, I didn't really know people even knew what it was. And then I was talking to, um, you know, a casting director the other day, and, and she said to me, oh, yeah, uh, The Heavenly Kit was one of my favorite movies of all time, and it's one of the reasons um, – that that she wanted to get um, into the business, you know. So I, I just met her the other night at a party, um, Michelle, and I think her last name is Louette. Um, but I just was like, what are the odds of that? You know, she said, the Heavenly Kid, she watched it so many times. Um, so, I, I, you know, it was a sweet film. Right, totally. And then I think after that was, was Loverboy for me, which also was a uh, phenomenal comedy with uh, Patrick Dempsey. How was that experience like? Yes. Oh, it was so much fun. Um, 
I just still remember reading for that. I guess they had another gal, I think it was Patrick's, some relation to Patrick, I think, um, cast in the part for whatever reason. Um, they did, felt that the casting was off. And, um, and I just remember getting the call and just had a, you know, had a connection. I think we had good chemistry um, from the first read. And his um, wife at the time, Rocky Parker, was so helpful to me um, on that shoot. And we did some great, I remember doing these great exercises, you know, that made us kind of more vulnerable to each other. Like she would lead us through all these things. So I think she was very helpful to his career from what I understood, but I know she was helpful to me in that film. So I'm grateful to her for that. Right. And and his career, yeah, his career kind of had like a a weird, you know, track, you know, after Camp Army Love and that he kind of like died down a little bit. And then he took off again, obviously with Grey's Anatomy and a mobster movie he made as well. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I saw Patrick as this just extremely, um, he's got, and I think even Christy Alley talked about this. I think I, I remember reading a quote from her saying, you know, how sexy he was, which was very funny because at the time, you know, he just had this little boy body. He was right. in bones and, you know, um, his nose was a bit larger at that point and he could have very easily played the geek except for everything in him was just this, just like sexy. He just had the charm, you know, he just had that thing about him that was just twinkly, you know, in terms of that star, you know, he just had that charisma, I guess is the word that I'm looking for. Um, and, you know, he was, he could just move well. He had, I think, the gift of that um, physical, uh, physicality, you know, so he could do physical comedy and he was a really good dancer as well. Um, and he was a hard worker. That's what I remember um, about him. But I, I, I would think, and I don't, I don't even remember what he did. I don't, you know, I, I don't think I, right. I was tracking his career or anything <laughs> at that time. Um, I do remember when he came out in Mobsters, but I would just imagine that and probably that those two things didn't go together. I think, you know, as he made a little bit more of a transition physically um, and grew up a little bit, you know, grew into himself a little bit, that I think that probably helped match who he was on the inside. Right. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Did you have any uh, experiences with Terry Fisher on set? I didn't. Um, I I had met her um, a couple of times afterward. Uh, my mother-in-law, Pat Van Patten, is very close friends with Connie Stevens. And so my husband's family really grew up um, with Connie and, and, um, and Jolie um, and Tricia Fisher um, out here. So... Um, they were the reason, actually, that the Van Pattens came out um, okay. to Los Angeles. And so I believe it was at Trisha Fisher's wedding that I met um, that I met her for the first time. And I just said, oh, you know, I was in that film as well. And she, you know, we didn't really have much um, of a conversation. I right. did, however, um, meet Debbie Reynolds and, and have the pleasure, and you know, to – to spend a day with her or an evening with her. I think it was, she, she was over at my mother-in-law's house for several hours and she was, that completely threw me. It was just unexpected. <laughs> you know, I had this vision of Debbie Reynolds as being the sweet girl and singing in the rain. And meanwhile, she was like this theater broad, you know? Yeah. Um, and she did not hesitate with the four letter words and she was very <laughs> outspoken and she was just right. funny. And I'm like, wow. Gosh, yeah. I can't believe I'm sitting here with Debbie Reynolds, and she's not at all what I thought, you know. And and I guess her fans would know that, but I didn't know much about her except for, you know, the films that I had 
seeing her in. Right. Now, being like, you know, the, like, daughter-in-law of, like, the late, great Dick Van Patten, you must have, like, experienced a lot of a lot of those scenarios, too, huh? I really did. I mean, it was just surreal in a way. You know, when I first – I remember one of the first times I, I – um, I went to my um, to Dickie's house to Dick Van Patten's home. Uh, you know, it was oh, you know, Sunday, come over on Sunday. You know, tennis, and I didn't play tennis. Right. Um, I just couldn't believe my eyes of who was there. You know, every Sunday at their home, Mel Brooks was there with Anne Bancroft, and mm. Gene Wilder was there, and Carl Reiner was there. You know, with his lovely wife Estelle, and just all of these, you know, iconic. <laughs> Um, very well accomplished celebrities. They were very close friends with Sarah Fawcett. And um, so it just was the norm, you know, to see, to see these people and, you know, that they were around and they all loved Dickie. He, he was just larger than life. Um, And and although he has been gone now for a few years, um, it's been over two years now, you know, his personality, he was just, I've heard that, you know, I guess it sounds like a cliche, larger than life, but, yeah. you know, you can, he was just, just be the light of the room, you know, right. he was just big in, in every single way. He just had such enthusiasm for everything and he would always make you laugh and he was always telling a funny story and he really created a culture around him, I think is, is why, you know, not just celebrities, you know, and, and before he was famous, so before Dick was famous, Farrah Fawcett was at their little apartment in Sherman Oaks, like, all the time, hanging wow. out with him. Um, you know, he was just the most fun. And, you know, people just wanted to be around him. And so even up until his death, into his 80s, he had young, you know, people, teenagers, right. you know, everyone wanted to be around him, people in their 20s, you know, um, because he was just always fun. But, yes, I did have a lot of uh, – I've met some incredible people um, because that family is just so beloved. And I really think it's the fun factor, I have to say. Right. That's great. And my wife would be happy to, to know that your sister-in-law is Eileen Davidson, who yes. was on Days of Our Lives, one of my wife's favorite show. She makes me watch it all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and Young and the Restless. And she's yes, a two-time it, it, Emmy winner, and she's – I can imagine, I, I can see her possibly winning a third Emmy. We'll see coming up. Yeah, she, she's fabulous. And they, unfortunately, they recasted the character on Days because I guess she was committed to Young the Restless. And my wife's like, I can't stand this actress. I need Eileen Davidson back. She, oh. was, she was great. Yeah. So, and but it's so funny with soap operas because I always make fun of them. But yet I keep asking my wife questions all the time. What's going on in this one? What's going on in this one? She's like, I knew you liked them. I'm like, no, I don't want to give her the satisfaction and tell her that I'm, like, you know, hooked on them as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah. Eileen's fantastic. And, you know, very, so few people have done, you know, have accomplished what she has in, in the world of, um, you know, television. Right. I, I mean, if you look at how many people have been on soaps, I being one of them, yeah. you know, and Eileen has really had just such longevity. Um, and she, fans just love her. And, you know, and then to go on to, you know, Beverly Hills Housewives, which how brave was she to, to, to do yeah. that? She came off so well, fan favorite there for sure. Right. And it's like, it's 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 different to act in soap opera. I think you do so many pages a day as opposed to like network TV and a movie. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, I, I love working on a film because, you know, on a bigger film, you're going to get, um, you know, 
you just have more time. You have more right. taste. Um, but, you know, you fall into a groove. It, it was just fun doing the soap. I did it for a couple of years in New York, and um, it's just fun. It's it's great. And you really just get into a groove with whatever you're doing. Right. And I, I'd imagine you probably, if someone stops you in the street, you're probably best remembered for playing Nurse Jennifer on Save by the Doll. Isn't that strange? Yeah. I mean, it doesn't <laughs> happen that often, you know, my two fans that I have left or whatever. But, okay. yes, I... I, I <laughs> I just am still amazed. You know, we went to um, a Dodger game here in L.A., and this like, group was following me. I said, no, I'm going to go out, you know, my husband. And right. finally, I just made eye contact, and this one girl came running up to me, and she said, are you Nurse Jennifer? And, you know, we recently <laughs> did. I just couldn't – it just still shocked me. Um, I guess they just played the heck out of that episode, and for whatever reason, people loved it. I, I, I recently did um, – went to, you know, the signing for Saved by the Bell, and I couldn't believe the line. I was shocked. Right. You know, um, it was just like around the corner down Hollywood Boulevard, and I guess it's kind of like how the Brady Bunch was maybe for us older people, you know. Yeah. Um, you know, Saved by the Bell and just the repeats. And um, and I guess that the Nurse Jennifer was voted like the third or the second. I think it was the third favorite character, but the first one was a duck. So I'm going right, to yeah. you know, say it was like the second favorite character of all time. So that was so much fun. And then Mario Lopez, um, a couple of years ago, came to uh, my nutrition company and hosted one of our events. So um, I got to do a little something with him. So that that was that was fun to see him again. Right. Yeah, that, you made a great point about that show just being everywhere. And it's it's, it's so true because like, between that, I think the Fresh Prince of Bel Air is probably the most like televised like show from the '90s that are that's still on. It's it's fantastic. I do have to say though, like of all the shows that I've done, the cast like I don't know if it's because they were young, they were right. so sweet, and you know I don't do sitcoms that much, and right. so they were just so sweet. I just remember Elizabeth Berkley. Um, you know, they just hung out, you know, with the guest stars. It, that's not that typical. Um, they were just up for always, you know, running lines, and um, they were just the sweetest. I just loved that entire cast. Right. And you were not the first choice, right? It was Kathy Ireland. Correct? Oh, yeah. So Kathy Ireland got cast in that, um, and, of course, amazingly beautiful, credible, you know, right. supermodel, Sports right. Illustrated model. Yeah. So famous um, at the time, and, and now still so successful and known for her um, – I think she has a line of furniture or lamps or lighting or something yeah. – what a, what a great businesswoman. But I guess her voice, they were saying, was a little bit high. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I recently, you know, at that um, one event, um, you know, I saw the creator again and, you know, we talked and he said, I always wanted, you know, I was just so excited to have you in the park. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I guess they ended up thinking that they did not make the right choice with her. And so I stepped in, which was fun. Yeah, no, it's it's a fantastic episode. And, Another one, like one of your other like sitcoms you did, was a similar role was Boy Meets World. You played a substitute teacher on that one. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like a similar type, you know, like you mentioned before with the heavenly kid playing just like a regular girl, and then you kind of evolved into like these sexy roles. You know, that was kind of funny. Um, When I I remember growing up um, for the series that I got called Hull High. 
right and, I was ask you. <laughs> yeah, it was NBC at the time. They were, were going back a ways. There were not that many networks around at the time. Right. Um, like today, how, you know, there's so many different outlets. But um, Kenny Ortega, who, brilliant, just so talented director, um, choreographer, he had um, had done, he went on to do High School Musical and so many incredible, um, you know, projects. He uh you know, work with Michael Jackson. And anyway, so um, at that time, I remember that my agent had said to me, you know, look, they don't want to see you for this. They don't think that you're sexy enough for this part. You don't have the looks. You don't have the body. And I just said, get me into that room, you know. Uh, and I just put on my tightest little black skirt and black <laughs> you know, stockings and high heels and tight sweater and cinched in my waist and, you know, kind of went all out. So, um and, you know, it it worked. I think I really was kind of that part in the way that, um, so it was Donna Breedlove, such a funny right. name. Right, yeah. <laughs> you know, and um, in that role, you know, I didn't think, uh, the part of Donna, I didn't think that I was sexy. I didn't get why people were looking at me. And um, really, I that's kind of just how I was in my life. I just, right. you know, my mom would say, oh, my gosh, you know, people are, you know, this guy's looking at me. Like, Wait, what? Why would anyone, you know, look at me? I just was more, um, I just didn't get it. I, I don't know if it was a naivete about sexuality or, you know, look, I didn't even realize that boys were walking around until my husband told me. He's like, you know, you do understand that yeah. in ninth grade, like all the boys are walking around with their books over their crotch for a reason, you know. I'm like, wait, what? You know, I was just yeah. so naive about that. Right. Uh, so, yeah. So anyway, that that was a fun role to do. and And then after that, um, then people wouldn't see me for the girl next door. So, you know, you kind yeah. of get to the cast. People would kind of see you a certain way. Um, yeah. And then I remember some days I would just show up to set and, like, the guard at, at um, you know, at the studio wouldn't even let me in. She's like, wait, you're not. I'm like, no, I was I was here yesterday. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. I think I can be a bit of a chameleon, as I'm sure most people can. Right. Well, that's good. It's a, good, a trait of a good actor. That you can you can you can pull that off. Well, yeah, I don't know. Thanks. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but like whole high. Um, I remember it came out. I think the same time as like Cop Rock, and you had like it two, did, like yeah, yeah, like two musical shows. Um, and I, I think we were better. I mean, all props to Stephen Bochco. Like he was amazing. Oh, of course, and, yeah. you know, loved him. But I just think that you know we did it in a more um, realistic way. Yeah, I mean, it just yeah. flowed better. Um, I, I agree. a little bit of a disconnect to see lawyers starting to sing in the... <laughs> yeah, in the courtroom and, and stuff like that. Sing, right. you know, it's like, um, yeah, so it, it, it was a little bit, you know, it, it, I just think it flowed better. Yeah. Do you think, like you mentioned now, there's like so many different outlets. Had that, had Hull High been like on now or with more channels back then, you think it would have lasted? One hundred percent. You know, I remember at the time, so, um, you know, I remember, and I know you were going to ask me about um, Luke Perry, and I remember at the time, you know, I had talked to Luke, and he said, oh, gosh, you're so lucky you're cast on a, a, um, you know, uh, on a network (laughs) show, and I'm stuck on this little show on this thing called Fox. Like, (laughs) Fox was brand new, and we didn't even know what it was, Um, but, you know, his show was first we were premiered on a Wednesday night. We were like, you know, we got good ratings and we were celebrating. We got great ratings. And then they switched us to Sundays at seven opposite 60 minutes. So that's like death slot right there. 
Um, plus, you know, believe it or not, I still can't believe it. You know, I didn't realize it at the time. They were saying that, you know, my character was controversial because it was sexual and right. we, yeah. shouldn't, we shouldn't have been at Sunday at 7. So I know that we got a lot of backlash for that. So it just wasn't the right time slot for us and then being up, being you know, opposite 60 minutes. So we ended up being like, uh, I thought it was like last place. I guess it wasn't really last mm. because, you know, I think 90210 was like after us. Right. But they kept 90210 on um, because they didn't have a lot of programming. I mean, there's so many shows throughout history. If you look at even All in the Family was not doing well. Um, they just didn't have enough programming. They left it yeah. on. They gave it a chance. And uh, what we did not have going for us was the cost of production was very, very high, I, I do believe, or that's what I heard rumored. Um, so I think, you know, for a combination of reasons, they didn't give it a chance. Right. And I remember that show featured uh, Will Lyman, who is like one of the best narrators in any documentary ever now. He, he was, you know, talented. It was such a great cast, yeah. um, you know, for sure. But, yes, I do think that it would have it would have definitely lasted. Yeah. And so – how was that audition process like? I mean, because I, I imagine you would have to sing, and I know you had, like, a little bit of the singing background. No, actually, so they I ended up singing on the show for subsequent episodes, but the pilot episode, um, when they brought me in, right. know, they asked about if we've ever, if we had any singing experience, but no, it was not a prerequisite. They were intending on just dubbing everything. Okay. Um, they did ask um, more about dancing, um, and they wanted to know the dance background, but they already had that song dubbed with thank goodness that they did. That girl had an yeah. incredible voice and, um, you know, I have a sweet voice and I've sang right. in, in some other films and stuff after that in other episodes, but, uh, that girl just had a powerful house voice. Um, so no, I didn't have to sing. Okay. Um, for that. Yeah, no, it was just reading. That's all, you know, and they did right. ask a lot of questions about the dance. And then they did, um, I did most of my own dancing, but there was a good chunk of it in there that was, you know, because I don't have that, you know, the dance ability of a professional. Yeah. You know, I did right. dance and I've done musical theater and I am a trained dancer, but no, I didn't keep that up. And um, so they brought in um, a double who was so fantastic. And she just did like, there's a section there's a there's a, a nice section in the middle of that song right. um, where there's like a bunch of turns and you know and and so she did that um, but then it was fun after that to go and do my own singing and um, Steve Tyrell was the um, the music person there and so blessed to be able to work with him and to go to the studio and record that that was so much fun I loved that for the other episodes that we did yeah. did that show have like a normal like shooting schedule because of all those like big productions. I don't know what a, you know, look, one hour television is just grueling. You are there from morning till night. You just yeah. don't see the sunlight. So I don't know what a normal schedule, I think that's a normal schedule. Right. <laughs> I do yeah. remember them pulling the plug at one point on one of our numbers. They're like, you know, some producer came down and said, okay. And they're like, we're pulling <laughs> the plug. And, you know, I remember Kenny going, we're, you know, they weren't done. We weren't done. We were in the yeah. middle of um, shooting this one sequence. So I do think that that sucked a lot of time, you know, doing those dance sequences. Yeah. You know, he's just got the most creative. Kenny Ortega has the most mm. incredible vision. And, you know, he wanted the, I'm sure, right, the creatives want to be able to bring that vision to life. And then you're on that odds, you know, with the people on the other side who are looking to cut corners. Um, 
that you can see what won out, right? Kenny's had an amazing career, and we've all been blessed for that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And I have to admit that I wasn't the biggest Baywatch fan. I was a casual watcher, but um, I, I didn't even know that you were on that show, so I apologize. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, it's all good. I just did one season of it. Right. Um, what was that experience like, though? And I also did the pilot, actually, which a lot of people that, don't yeah, know. That, right. Yeah, that I knew because I had uh, Erica Oleniak on a couple oh, months ago as great. well. Yeah, yeah, she was super sweet. Yeah, yeah. Great. So I tested for that part, a little bit of trivia. I tested for oh, that wow. part for Erica's part. And I remember saying to my agent, you know, do I really want to run around in a bathing suit, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and I remember um, going and I think the audition was for Gret Tinker and a bunch of people at NBC at the time. And um, it was just between a few of us. And she got the part. She was so perfect for it. But they ended up just calling me saying, hey, do you want to do a, a day or two on the show? And we shot on the Queen Mary, which was, it was, I remember it being spooky. And, right. Uh, you know, we had the entire ship to ourselves. So it was a little bit weird. Um, but it, it was fun. And then um, they had called me, um, you know, when it went into syndication and they had called me and they had wanted me to come in and read or, or I think at one point they may have even offered me the part. But at that time, again, you know, I think I got kind of some bad advice from my agent, which was, you know, hey, it's not a network show. You're doing right, network, yeah. stay on the network. Um, and, you know, I did not do that. Um, and then my friend Yasmin was, got onto the show and she had such incredible success with it. And she was so, you know, amazing on it. Just a perfect fit. Um, and then Michael Burke, I think it was a producer who had said, you know, we'd really like to have you on. And they just offered me the part. Um, so that was, it was a lot of fun. Right. So great I, to be able to work with my friend as well. Oh yeah. I, I bet. I bet. So how many people like actually think that you like run in slow motion? I actually didn't do a lot of running in slow motion. Right, uh, I know. You know, know, my part. But it was, you know, right, it's just this become, you know, pop culture thing. And, you know, of course, they did the movie, and that's everybody's joke. I just even remember Yasmin, you know, saying, you know, even at the time when she was on the show, saying, I'll save you, you know, and running in slow motion. Um, It was always just kind of the running joke. Um, But, wow, whoever thought that that show would have been the most mo- most watched show in the entire world, and now it's coming back. I guess Amazon Prime will be um, airing all of the episodes. Oh, okay, that's good. Maybe, yeah. maybe I'll start. Uh, maybe I'll start binge watching it then. <laughs> yeah, I just did a little thing for TV Guide asking, you know, what our most fun episode was, and um, right. you know, I think it's that. You know, Baywatch is all about that, like '90s. You know, they they did such a great job at um, you know combining that you know, the, the soapy kind of romance, um, you know, with the serious subject of the day, which, by the way, the writers will always tell you they all came from real stories. Stories, okay. Um, they really prided themselves on that, um, you know, and then, of course, you've got the, you know, saving, rescuing people and running in slow motion, so. Right. That's kind of everything you need to know about Baywatch right there. Yeah, right. So, so kind of like uh, Law and Order on the Beach, like ripped from the headlines, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what the writers um will say I think a lot of them were you know they did come from from real stories but hey the thing about Baywatch is right it doesn't matter what language it was in because no. you could just turn it on and see the girls <laughs> running around and who doesn't right. want a little bit of that guilty pleasure yeah that's a, that's a universal language right there <laughs> right there yep yeah so before I uh, go I just want to ask I know you were you know friends back in the day with uh, with Luke Perry and you know 
this tragic passing. Um, let's talk about a little bit about him and your time with him. Yeah, so um, we shot um, – I was on a show called Ryan's Hope in, in, in New York, um, not on the air any longer, but we shot in the same studio. He was shooting a soap opera called Loving. And um, my best friend is still my dearest friend till this day, Yasmin Bleef, um, she was on Ryan's with me. She played Ryan Finelli and just really got to know him because of her good taste in men. Uh, yeah. They were an item, and I was uh, we were all roommates for a while in there. Um, Yasmin and I lived together, and, and Luke pretty much moved in with us. Um, and just what I remember about him, well, to me, he kind of seemed, even though I think he's just maybe the same age or about a year younger, he just seemed like a little kid to me in a way because, you know, he was thin and, you know, he wasn't like this big guy. Um, right. And uh, I think maybe his character he was playing was maybe a bit, little bit younger than he was. Um, but, you know, as you got to know him, I, I just remember, first of all, he was the most giving guy ever. He would, you know, I just remember running lines with him. And um, he was just, you know, a sweetheart. He always had a bit of that, like, not bad boy, that's just not really bad boy. I don't know what that means. That's like a television term. But he right. you know, he had a confidence about him, even when he was that young. So I don't know, it could kind of, he wasn't cocky, but he kind of gave that air off a little bit. He was just really confident. Um, but it was really only because my friend's good taste in men that I got to, you know, be that close with him. Otherwise, I never would have, you know, had that um, that relationship that I did with him. But I'm, I'm really grateful that I um, that I did get to know him. I, I I don't know if a lot of people realize this. He was so smart. Um, I think he had a photographic memory. I just remember, you know, walking into the apartment and the two of them would be, um, you know, their favorite show was Jeopardy. And they would they would get like almost every answer. And then, you know, so no surprise to me later when, I don't know if he won or if he came in second. Um, I think he might have won. Um, I think you're right. I think he did win. Yeah, he did, right? So... He did Jeopardy, um, the Celebrity Jeopardy, and then Yasmin went on to do Rock and Roll Jeopardy. I think I think she came in second. Um, but you know, he was just just a smart and giving, sweet guy. And then you know, recently he lived nearby me. I haven't seen him in years, although I felt like I had because a good friend of mine is good friends with him. I was good friends with him, and you know, he was taking you know my friend Jeff Ballard, who's a publicist. He was taking him. Um, to the doctor. He just had a cancer scare. He was taking him to the doctor and taking him to the hospital, and he was always there for him. You know, he just showed up. I wasn't there that night, one of the few dinners I didn't go to. He just showed up at a dinner with Eileen and my mother-in-law, you know, around the corner that I would usually um, be at um, because I think he wanted, a friend of his wanted um, Eileen's autograph. So he was there trying to get his friend Eileen's autograph, which I thought was just so oh, so funny. It's just so sweet, you know, that he went out of his way um to do that. Um so he was just a, a good guy, you know. Right. Yeah, it's yeah, it's so sad and uh Yeah, my husband just talked to him a couple weeks ago, so it was just it was shocking. But I did I just I had heard that, you know, his father had passed away at a young age from a heart attack so you know I, I, I don't know this but it seems as if possibly it has more hereditary factor than anything that he was doing I know he led a pretty clean life as far as right. I know right. but yeah. just it's a tragedy and I just feel so badly you know for his family and his children and his close friends and yeah. it was just, for me it just 
it, it actually shocked me the way that I felt. I, um, it really just affected me, and I think it's because, you know, I can just get emotional now just thinking about it, just of the special mm-hmm. time that I, you know, that I shared with him um, back then. And Yeah, of course. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So but I, I guess people that didn't even know him are, you know, yeah. And I guess he, you know, people were really fans, you know, of him. And he, he, yeah. made, you know, he was like the biggest star. You know, it wasn't like today where there's so many outlets like we're talking about. Like, you know, at 90210, like he was tremendous. He was one of the biggest stars ever. Yeah. Everyone knew who he was, you know, and he was just making a comeback now. And I'm so glad that he had that. Yeah, on, on Riverdale, and he was, uh, you know, playing a father to Archie, and you know, he a whole another career, and it's yeah, it's a real, it's a real tragedy. Tragedy, but uh, you, yeah, you said you're you're back in backing now. You had a role on Nine One One. Do you have any other uh, shows coming up? Um, not right now, but you know, I am getting out there, and um, I was going to go and do um, this movie in Chile, but that didn't work out at the last minute. But um, I'm just excited to be to be acting again and, and I absolutely love it and I'm just um, I'm grateful I, I just thought I, I don't even know if, you know I, I started producing and I did other things um, so I really took a decade off right. and I just thought am I even going to be able to get an agent like is anyone <laughs> even going to see me for an audition so I was glad that I could do that and I found an amazing you know coach um, in Diana Castle who I, I just love um and so I've been working closely with her. Um, got another coach that I work with, Sandy Marshall. And so, um, you know, I just I just love it. And it's just all about what you're passionate about in life, right? Yeah, that's great. But we hope to see you on screen real soon. But before you go, do you want to just give, like, where people can find you on social media? Um, well, I am Facebook. Uh, I do have a public page. I kind of near the... Um, the limit? <laughs> the limit for that. So... Um, I, I know I have a lot of outstanding requests there. I'm sorry for anyone um, who sent me a friend request, and I haven't gotten back. I'm still trying to figure out kind of how to use – oh, it's so terrible. I'm not great with um, with uh, Instagram, but it's Nancy Valen VP. That's where I would suggest. Just follow me there, Nancy Valen VP on Instagram, and I, I'm going to start um, posting more there. And then, um, as I mentioned, I do have a nutrition company, and um, it's just been amazing. I partnered with a company called Isogenics about 10 years ago, and I, I just got passionate about helping people, you know, lose weight, have more energy, and um, that website is um, nancyvallon.isogenics.com. So Isogenics is I-S-A-G-E-N-I-X, so it's nancyvallon.isogenics.com. And our smoothies are amazing. <laughs> everyone's um, looking for just a quick meal on the run, weight loss. Like for me, I got on it. I lost nine pounds in nine days, 15 in the month, sugar cravings gone, and energy just consistent throughout the day. So I got excited about nutrition. You know what? I think I might have to talk to you about that because yes. I, I need to get excited about nutrition as well. But, uh, but Nancy, thank you for a few minutes today. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, it was a pleasure talking to you, Noel. Thanks so much for having me on. And a special thanks to Nancy for joining me today. Go follow me on Twitter at the first Noel19. 
Be sure to like the page Living My Youth on Facebook. Go to iTunes, check out all the past episodes we've had. While you're there, please rate and review the show. Don't have iTunes? Not a problem. The show's on SoundCloud, it's on Podbean, and it's also on Spotify. On Spotify, just search for Living My Youth, all one word. Go to tpublic.com for all your Living My Youth merchandise, t-shirts, hoodies, phone cases, stickers, whatever you want. New episode comes out every Wednesday, and we'll see you then.